0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDSE.
1: At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... No. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store: Be Unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time.
0: Cerave Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver 3 essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free and won't clog pores. With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist-recommended
2: facial moisturizer brand. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go! This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 178. This week, Deputy Food Editor Adam talks to author and head of the Sourdough School, Vanessa Kimball. Vanessa is an expert on sourdough bread and baking, and she talks this week to Adam all about gut health and sourdough and how the two are interlinked.
1: Uh, Hey guys, um, it's Adam um, and we're here for the Olive Podcast. I'm chatting to Vanessa Kimball. Hello. Hi. Um, And she is the owner of the Sourdough School. And multi-cookbook author on sourdough. And also, um, yeah, we're well, just a general sourdough whiz. How are you doing today, all right?
0: I'm all right, I'm good.
1: Perfect. So we're gonna talk about sourdough and gut health. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and we can talk about anything you want, but that sounds like a good subject to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so we'll start off like why is sourdough, good, eating sourdough good for your gut? Uh
0: well, I guess eating sourdough is good for your gut for many different reasons, but let's start with what's sourdough. I think that's a a really important question. what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Sourdough itself isn't necessarily good for the gut. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that is a very simplistic view. Mm -hmm. What you have to look at is what kind of sourdough, and the question is is it good for the gut we're still researching into that mm-hmm. when you look at the studies that involve animal studies so rats who've obviously very lucky and who've got to eat sourdough yeah. it has had an effect on their biome has it had an effect on humans yet not the that- positive effect that we actually know about and that's one of the reasons i'm doing my research and studying it because i'm not feeding rats i'm feeding actual humans. real humans yeah and i will let you know
1: so it's an ongoing study is i think you're yeah. not fully like we're not fully definitive
0: no but i think what you have to look at is that when you add all those studies together whether they're in vitro, which is in a test tube, yeah. or, then, or then you look at the animal studies, and then you look at the correlating studies to do with whole grain, mm-hmm. diversity, mm-hmm. multi-grain, and you look at all the full picture, theoretically, my hypothesis is absolutely, it's definitely good for the gut microbiome. Yeah. Because of what sourdough does mm-hmm. and how it behaves, it has two or three things that it does that should, in theory improve the gut microbiome. Mm -hmm. But that's what my studies are.
1: Yeah. So what are those three things in theory then?
0: Well, the first thing is, is that very long slow fermentation with the lactic acid bacteria and the wild yeast produced acid. Mm -hmm. And the acidification um, degrades the gluten. Mm -hmm. It doesn't completely get rid of it, but it Mm -hmm. reduces the gluten load. And at the same time that that's happening, you get uh, increased bioavailability of key nutrients, mm. so more more bioavailability of minerals, more, bioavailabil- Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> more bioavailability of um, vitamins, almost all of them except vitamin A, that doesn't improve, mm-hmm. and more bioavailability of some of the fibres, in particular the polyphenols, and they are the things that the gut, microbes mm-hmm. in the, they're the microbes in your gut actually feed off, mm-hmm. and that's what they uh, need to produce the short chain fatty acids that they uh, is associated with a lot of health benefits
1: yes so basically. Would it be fair to say that the fermentation of the bread before you eat it is almost pre-digesting it? So it doesn't hit your stomach and it's raw, like eating a raw wheat berry. It's sort of been opened up and it's sort of been cracked, so so to speak, so that you can actually, you start getting at all the good bits straight away.
0: Absolutely. It's unlocking the nutrients. So your gut's microbes when they get it are able to access a lot more of it so for example you get more up to 80% more bioavailability of the minerals Mm -hmm. that's amazing Mm. I mean think about it you'd have to eat so much more food to get that that amount of minerals and the same with the polyphenols so you can get in vitro up to 40% more bioavailability of them that's incredible over a lifetime yeah that's going to make a difference. I'm absolutely certain of it. At the moment, I'm busy trying to prove that as mm-hmm. part of the research. So it's it's great having all of these lovely studies that have been done in a laboratory. Yeah. But what about real actual humans? Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's, that's the that's the real the real test. So how do you go about like doing that? Really, is it is it like you know, is it through like stool samples that kind of thing, or is it no. like health benefits and how you feel, or like, I mean.
0: Uh, it's quite a long process because you have to put a research study together yeah. and then you have to pull all the papers that you've been reading together and I've been studying for over a decade now um and I was teaching up until very recently the RCGP accredited course mm-hmm. which is in nutrition and digestibility of health that is the Royal College of General Practitioners accredited course mm-hmm. And you have to pull all the studies together and you have to write your hypothesis out. And after a long time, I've gone back to university. And then you have to ask an ethical committee if you're allowed to do it.
1: Like, that seems crazy. Surely you're looking at something that's going to benefit people. Of course, it's, it's like, no, but you just have to go through no, the hoops. You is have it? to go
0: through the pain of yeah, the academic right. side, and then you actually gather a group of people together, and you have a control group, mm-hmm. and then you have several other groups, and they all get to eat different kinds of bread. Yeah, and then here comes the ick factor. Sorry, then they have to um, <clears throat> give me samples, yep. or not me personally, yeah, but yeah. they have to do samples of of, of their poo, yeah, um, I, and I always have to sort of joke, I say, do you have any poo? Yeah, <laughs> Because it, there's always a giggle factor with it. But in all seriousness, each and every one of us has over 100 trillion microbes in our gut. Mm-hmm. And the gut microbiome is so important, and I want to come back to why it's important in mm-hmm. a minute. And then what we're going to be looking at is the difference between yeasted bread, Mm -hmm. and sourdough. And we're very particularly going to be looking at any changes in what we call positive microbes. They're called psychobiotics, and they're the good guys. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that the increase in bioavailability of the uh, nutrients is going to increase the beneficial microbes. And these are the ones that are particularly associated in, um, in the gut-brain access of producing the neurochemicals needed by the brain, mm. um, some particular ones in particular are associated with reducing anxiety.
1: Yeah.
0: So I believe in extremely simple terms, my hypothesis is, is that eating uh, long, slow-fermented whole-grain sourdough makes you feel good in other mm. words eating sourdough makes, you, makes happy. you
1: happy yeah yeah so is but, that through the, the uh, release of like serotonin through the is that what is that yeah. what the happy um because i think through what i found is like how closely linked that gut and brain are being it's been learned that they are um
0: absolutely so if we go all the way back to the gut microbiome and what it is because mm-hmm. some people may not who listen to this, yeah. may not actually know what the gut m- microbiome is mm-hmm. The gut microbiome is uh, really housed in, the, in, in this sort of lower part, sort of in, in, in your bowels, essentially, in your, in your gut. And the, these 100 trillion microbes, each one of us is very different. So yours will be very different from mine. And there are hundreds and hundreds of different types. And you actually get them during the birthing process. Mm -hmm. And so that's your very, very, in fact, that's not quite true. There have been some studies that have shown that they can be actually, you get your first inoculation in the womb, Mm -hmm. but they are early studies as well. But as you're born, as you passage through, um, the, the initial inoculation of a vaginal birth will give you Um, lactobacillus infantis and that actually then you as a woman you breastfeed your child and inside that breast milk are oligosaccharides there are many many different things within the breast milk that are there not to feed the baby Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which scientists were like whoa (laughs) what are these things they were actually to feed the microbes and that in the first three years of life babies crawl around shoving anything in their Mm -hmm, mouth mm -hmm. Um, basically because those microbes make a healthy inviting a place for other microbes to colonize and make up your your gut microbiome.
1: So it's like we have a evolutionary impulse to build it ourselves almost.
0: We're symbiotic yeah. with this biome. Yeah. And so they actually, uh, you should end up with a really good diversity. I mean, a really wide diversity. And we know absolutely, Adam, that the wider the diversity of your gut microbiome, the more robust your health mm-hmm. Ding, 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 if you've got like a nine and a half out of ten or a ten out of ten, you're the kind of person that's going to hit a century if you don't get knocked over by a bus. Because it's really, really good for you. Yeah. Okay. Me, I had less than 1% diversity, so we'll come back to that. Because that's
1: also one of the things I know that you've had like a a particular journey with your... Microbiome, So that'll be an interesting thing to cover, but we'll come on to that later. All, yeah. No. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so your, bio, your gut microbes then metabolize your vitamins mm-hmm. um, and they make these short-chain fatty acids. And one of the reasons it's so important to look after your gut is that they look after the lining of your gut. And so if you have a compromised gut microbiome and you've reduced your diversity through many lifestyle factors, it could be medicine, mm-hmm. certain antibiotics will reduce your diversity, lifestyle, stress, medicines.
1: Uh, well, like what food you're eating, if you're eating fatty fried food. If you're, you're like eating a, a
0: terrible diet, a restrictive yeah. diet, yeah. very bad. And also, you may not have actually got an initial inoculation. You could have been born by cesarean. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that any one of these things is cat- cat- catastrophic, catastrophic yeah. but you add this up and what we're getting is massive reduced gut microbi- mm-hmm. microbial diversity to the point at which some scientists are worrying about what we call extinction level. Because if you look at, say, for example, there was a story recently um, on the Hansa tribe in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Spector, the head of epidemiology at King's College London, went out and... He looked and, and actually, we can see that the average person in the West has only got about 50% of the diversity of, say, for example, a hunter gatherer tribe. So we are now fourth generation. Antibiotic children from the 1940s with industrialized food and medicine, and all of those things we just discussed. So, if you have got a compromised gut microbiome, then you are losing your army that actually helped to protect and look after the lining of your gut. Mm -hmm. I want you to imagine that lining is a little bit like slime. It's a terrible thing to say. You've got a tube, it's a bit, uh, sorry.
1: The so inner workings of the body tends to be a bit better. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's, it's ick factor, mm. but it's fascinating, yeah, yeah. ick factor. So if you've got a compromise in that lining, that mm-hmm. is the barrier between you and your food, mm-hmm. your insides and the outside world. So you'll get um, what's called gut dysbiosis. Now, gut dysbiosis, for want of a better term, is what used to be called leaky gut, mm. which is a horrible term. Yeah, that is not a nice term. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that term at all. I'd rather have gut dysbiosis if I was going to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> much, much nicer. Yeah. Um, it's like a graze and these tight junctions um, mm-hmm. get compromised. And so your food, your lunch gets through and your immune system goes, <gasps> oh, oh there's an invader. Mm. And it, it, it might be your tuna sandwich. Mm. And the protein in that is gluten. And so your body starts having an, an immune reaction and it starts attacking proteins that are essentially your lunch. Mm. And what happens, you get this immune reaction to gluten and people say, do you know what? I don't feel very well when I eat gluten. Yeah, I feel yeah. tired. I don't feel very good. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things. Now, the other thing that happens as well, of course, is people who have a compromised gut also end up with with IBS. It's terribly common. 20% of us get it. Yeah, Myself and I've had, these I've had all of these, so I'm quite
1: familiar with... That's the thing, with, you're, not, you're not talking from an aloof sort of standpoint. You're like, you've actually lived and breathed it. Yeah, it's mean. not
0: it's not nice. And it's, com- you know, you sit there and you're uncomfortable. You want to eat a sandwich, for God's sakes, because it's so good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, who doesn't love a sandwich? And suddenly you look like you're six months pregnant and mm-hmm. you've got wind and you empty the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've all right. been there. This is not a nice way of feeling. So again the sourdough long slave fermentation actually gobbles up these things called um as they're fodmaps fermented oligosaccharides disaccharides monosaccharides and polyols which mm. are the sugars that send people with IBS do lalay
1: yeah
0: so the fermentation does the you were talking about why does it benefit right to that very first question yeah, yeah. reduces the gluten mm-hmm. gobbles up the fodmaps mm-hmm. um, so that actually helps people with IBS and that breakdown of that gluten helps to break down the gluten proteins which then your immune system doesn't recognize it because it's yeah. been acidified. And it goes, mm, you're okay, you can yeah, be you can straight come through. through. Yeah, yeah. So often often what's happened is that for 20 years people have come to me and said, I can eat sourdough, why can I eat sourdough, but not other bread. Mm-hmm. I digest sourdough easily, I feel better on sourdough, why? Well, what's happening is... You are a reducing the inflammatory through reducing the gluten load. Mm -hmm. Okay, B, you are reducing the FODMAPs, which stops you from getting that gassy, horrible feeling. Um, I can't remember, I was doing one, two, three, or A, B, C, but here we go. And then
1: C and three. Okay, C,
0: (laughs) and C, you are actually increasing the nutrients to the good guys in your gut. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, if that's not kind of The coolest thing in the world ever. Mm -hmm. And what's even more amazing is it's bloody free. I mean, free. The microbes are on your hands right now. If you hold your hands out, those microbes on your hands, yeah, Yeah. those, they're there. You don't have to pay for this, you just have to catch them.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've got to catch them them. and put them into flour and put them in a little jar. It's
0: just flour and water.
1: Yeah.
0: And time Mm -hmm. and a bit of understanding. Yeah. It's a gift. And we're symbiotic with these microbes from the moment that we're born. Mm -hmm. Same microbes that you find in sardo pot. If you start looking at the way the planet works, you've got the microbes in the soil that make it up onto the plant. Some of those microbes are actually in the flour as Mm -hmm. well as on your hands and those wild yeast. And then you put it in a pot with some water, and it looks like goop.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It starts. You know, it's bubbling. Yeah, Yeah, and you you become. One of my favourite bakers, and possibly I, mean, I think probably one of the best bakers in the world, is a guy called Richard Hart. He has mm-hmm. Hag, Hag, Hart Bakery in uh, Copenhagen, Copenhagen. Yeah. and I remember this incredible phrase that he used that just really described it in a nutshell, and that is: if you are a sourdough baker, you are a microbial farmer. Yeah, and that made absolute sense. So you culture them in this pot. Mm-hmm. You inoculate your your um your flour and your mm-hmm. water and 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 here is 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 what happens after you bake it yeah they.
1: well I think one thing I always found being a baker was like you don't really have any that much control you sort of are just guiding it you're not really in fully control of the process you know you just kind of let it bubble and then you sort of learn when to do certain things but really it's like a life unto itself you know and it or you can know how to make (laughs) it happier and how to like control it but at the end of the day it's it's going to do what it it sort of
0: it is wild it
1: is wild wild yeast yeah Mm. yeah so tell us a little bit about your um gut history then because I know you were saying uh, <laughs> saying earlier that you you've struggled with certain things I was going to
0: attempt with a slice of bread well, but wait, I'll wait, tell you we'll about
1: just... my gut <laughs> Well yeah okay we'll do we'll do you first so,
0: the story oh gosh okay so <clears throat> when i was 9 my parents bought a house in southwest france mm-hmm. and i fell in love with everything french i mean oh you know this incredible bread was in the basket in the restaurant and it was looked like this it was rustic and gorgeous and robust and chewy and oh just magical and by the time I was 11 years old my bedroom was just by the chimney stack of the bakery and they lit the fire and the wood smoke would wake me up about sort of two o'clock in the morning and so being 11 I was climb creep downstairs, c- climb out of the window scrape money's on the way down and I'd run down this alleyway and there were cows and they would moo, or moo and I'd be like, <gasps> terrified. oh, yeah, no kidding. And I would run and I would belt left down past Madame Bouquet's and past the tobacco shop mm-hmm. when um, the, the lady that, that ran in there um, ran, ran the shop, I actually hated children. So she was just as scary. So yeah, I yeah. would run. One of them was going to get me yeah, in the night. Yeah, either one. Yeah, yeah. So I would um, run and belt into the light of this bakery and there would be this wood-fired oven. And there was the the baker. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at the time, but he was actually an alcoholic. It <laughs> 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 was kind of two o'clock in the morning. He was switching from red wine yeah, to black coffee. Was, I was
1: going to say, was he waking up or was he, uh, you know, still going strong? From, uh... He was still
0: going strong like his say was. Yeah, anglaise yeah, so Hello, little English girl. Of course, health and safety would never allow this nowadays. <laughs> You just wouldn't get an 11-year-old in a wood-fired oven bakery. But there I was right up until 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning helping. Mm -hmm. And I would be – and it's the same sourdough starter I use now today. It's – I don't think how many years later, over over 35 years – and I would help make the bread, and in the morning the whole village would would queue mm. the mare through to the local tram. Yeah, we would yeah. all, they would all have their bread. I would then run the bread round to the local restaurant. She would give me jobs to do, like cut up the bread, and then I would take the last yesterday's bread to the farm mm-hmm. and feed it to the pigs. Run some tins of paté back, and then I would go and crash out and have a sleep. And that would, yeah, that yeah. that was how I started to bake sourdough. Mm-hmm.
1: So you literally have been doing this for. Since you were, since you were a kid, as
0: long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I trained as a baker. Mm-hmm. I went back to Southwest France, and I was completely in love with it in every way, shape, or form. It was the center of everything. It was the center for socialization, mm-hmm. wine, cheese, everything good went around the bread. Everything mm-hmm. was centered around bread in France. You mop your plate up with it. It was just,
1: yeah. Everything. No meal. It's not a meal without it. Yeah. No.
0: I trained to be a baker. Came back to England um, after falling out of love with my French boyfriend. Yeah. And I'd been working in the bakery. Actually, I did a year with Sylvie Chastinier in Terrasse en Les Vuldieu mm-hmm. um, and La Tour de Dantin, as it's called. And I was there a few months ago. And I went to university and I worked in the mornings as a baker. And by the time it was sort of, I did morning shift from sort of three till nine. In a hotel, and then the the university was about three hundred yards away. So yeah, I went to so you university. Just went straight to university. Yeah. Finally, of university, I was very poorly. I was given some antibiotics, and within a month, I couldn't eat wheat.
1: Yeah. So that thing that you loved was became now a complete enemy.
0: All of those things I was telling you about, mm. the, the 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 headaches, the joint hurting, the tiredness, the bloating, the, oh, my God. And I went to the doctor and he said, well, you have to stop eating wheat. So I did.
1: Mm. And did you feel better <laughs> after yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so was, yeah. yeah, no,
0: it was definitely, definitely wheat. Mm. Um, no question. But I wasn't eating sourdough.
1: Yeah. I was in
0: England. It was scones, pastries, normal did, yeast bread. Yeah. So I think I was about 23 So I got all the way through to 26, 27, and I went back to France. I then was very brave and took my husband with me. Mm. And I walked past that bakery where I grew up baking. And there was Hervé, and he was like, Salut, bonjour, Vanessa.
1: And
0: he took a warm miche like this one here out of the oven and he just handed it to me, and I caved. And I was
2: like, Ooh. yeah. And so I went past
0: the tobacco and back up the alleyway and into the house. I went through the door, not the window, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was explaining to someone earlier, it was like a scene out of Nine and a Half Weeks because I, I just devoured this bread. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like a oh, there were the crumbs and there was butter and there was marmite and I just
1: you just demolished it you just yeah. got stuck into so suppose if you haven't something that you loved that you then withheld from yourself yeah. for so long that you just suddenly it's had a so release good. and then my husband who'd been for a run popped in and he looked he walked in and I thought what have you done
0: oh I won't swear but I was yeah. oh <laughs> what have I done and there I am. It's supposed to be newly, you know, newly wed and all romantic. And I was like, nothing bloody romantic about what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could empty the room. And I'm gonna, I was really ill and I sort of braced myself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm not ill. <gasps> this, oh, I can eat bread. And I mm. literally doubled the French GDP in, in two weeks. I like yeah. just demolished, demolished every it. bread I could eat. Came back to England, went shopping, bought some bread. And I was promptly ill Mm. in bed, and I was like, "This something's wrong." Mm. And I went to the doctor, and I was like, "Look, why can I eat this bread Mm. and not that bread?" Never once at that point did it occur to me that it was a fermentation; it was just the way the French made the bread. It was pain de levain. I hadn't even heard of the word sourdough; it was just pain de
1: levain. Yeah, yeah.
0: And the doctor looked at me and stroked his chin, and then he went, "I don't know."
1: Yeah.
0: And I was instantly annoyed. I'm thinking, we all the bloody doctor. Why yeah, don't you know? Yeah, yeah. You're a GP. Come on, give me an answer. Yeah. And he couldn't, and that was it for me. Honestly, Adam, I was so cross. Yeah. And I was like, I want to know why. So twenty years later, coming back full circle, I was teaching the Royal College of General Practitioners accredited course mm-hmm. in nutrition and digestibility bread, and I came full circle with a table. Full of medical people and that is really, it's taken So you're dictating years. to them as
1: opposed to, not, well, not Not like,
0: dictating, but explaining. Yeah, right. And looking for more answers yeah, actually yeah. as yeah. well. I mean, I don't have all the answers, but certainly by any means, I'm mm. very, the more I know, the less I know to be truthful.
1: Yeah, is it, every answer yeah. comes 10 questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, I am in a position, so I incorporated that level of teaching within my workshops. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is I'm not the only person out there who wants the answers, yeah. And knowing that we need to increase diversity, that we need to increase the level of fiber, mm-hmm. that it slows down the postprandial glucose response, mm-hmm. which essentially means that it slows down blood sugar, yeah, which helps so you don't the get the big
1: peaks and troughs and crashes and Absolutely. yeah.
0: All of those amazing things about sourdough reinforce the fact that we actually evolve symbiotically with fermentation. And learning that the fermentation alone isn't enough to actually explain how you can digest bread, Mm -hmm. you need to layer your diet with probiotics, that's the live bacteria. Yeah you need to slow down and chew it and Mm -hmm. really, uh, you know, find this sort of sensuousness within the bread.
2: Stick around to hear more from Adam and Vanessa about the wonderful world of sourdough.
1: So you obviously will not be able to see this because this is a podcast and you only listen to it. But Vanessa has brought an absolutely... Beautiful loaf with her for us to eat. So, this um, my unf- diversity unfortunately, none of you are going to get to eat it, just me and Vanessa. So, okay. um, so tell us what you've uh, what you baked and what it is.
0: Now, I don't know if you can smell that, but that is um, <laughs> he's waving it at the micro- microphone. This is one of my diversity loaves, and if you can look at the color, you mm-hmm. will see that this loaf is made with one of my botanical blends, it's blend number nine. Mm. And so this has got um, about 15 different ingredients.
1: 15, which is actually a lot for sourdough, because most people would, you know, the, the flour, water, salt, and uh, truest.
0: How do you define flour, Adam?
1: Um, yeah, well, I suppose, I don't know. It's, it's the powdered form of a wheat berry.
0: Oh, or, you see, that's a very interesting view of it. You see, you are regarding flour in the intensive agricultural sense of what you think flour is. Mm. I'm an art, I'm an artisan baker. Yeah. I don't want to follow um, an intensive agricultural process to define my loaf. So I don't make a spelt loaf or a, a rye loaf. I mm-hmm. make a diversity loaf.
1: Right. So, so is when, that all the things that would be naturally growing together yeah, in absolutely. a field of Yeah, wild wheat. oats,
0: marigold mm-hmm. flowers, fennel seeds. And we have different botanical blends mm-hmm. at the school and we mill them fresh. Right. So And then we know... So coming back to what makes a healthy gut microbiome, mm-hmm. it's not simply enough just to ferment your bread. Yeah. You have to increase diversity. So we know that the average um, number that is recommended by the world specialists in um, gut health is actually 30. So 30,
1: 30, is that daily?
0: 30 different in, no, ingredients a week. So this one alone in your first bite...
1: Oh, you've got to do that to get to the a...
0: uh. <laughs> actually has got 15, maybe 16 ingredients. And it's so tender and gorgeous and dark. I'd be interested to see what you think and if you can identify any of the flavors. I've left one thing in there that I think you'll find absolutely gorgeous. Is
1: that barley.
0: There's a little barley, yes. A little
1: pearled barley. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm under pressure now.
0: No, smell it. There's something really fragrant in there. It's very subtle.
1: I'm mm. not sure I can get it.
0: Chamomile flowers. What is it chamomile? Mm. pick them in the garden and dried them. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: it is really, really delicious. It really you. is. Thank you so much for bringing it. It's <laughs> made my You're day. Very
0: welcome.
1: <laughs> so, um, how are gut health and mental health linked? Then?
0: No, I don't know. I'm still chewing. You're still chewing.
1: Sorry. Sorry for jumping. No, I'm kidding, still, no. You know how, like on the radio, dead dead air is the worst. The worst thing. I'm like.
0: You'd have to not choke, don't you? Mm. Um, So how are gut health and mental health linked? Well, they're linked um, several different ways. Um, The first thing um, I would say is that for anyone who's looking at their gut health and mental health, this is an emerging field. Mm -hmm. So we're beginning to learn. And about... Two weeks ago, I went to a conference on just this subject with the world's leading specialists. And human studies are early,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there is absolutely irrefutable evidence emerging that the gut mm-hmm. and what we call psychobiotics in the gut, they're the good guys. Mm-hmm. And the balance of the gut affects the way we feel. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about that being uh, because of the fact that your gut manufactures some of the metabolites, uh, such as serotonin, mm-hmm. that are make the neuro um, chemicals needed by your brain mm-hmm. and things like GABA, which help to calm down the neurons and the way they fire in your brain. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit like kind of like making things just kind of just go a little bit easier in your head. So re- reduction of anxiety. Mm-hmm. The thing is, your microbes in your gut cannot possibly even begin to make those if they don't have the raw ingredients that they need. Mm-hmm. They need fiber. Yeah. So the fermentation should yeah. facilitate more bioavailability of that mm-hmm. fiber. And also, just you've got to bloody eat it in the first place. Yeah. You've got to nourish those microbes because they look after you. Now, the second thing just from sado alone as we were talking about controlling blood sugars mm-hmm. we were talking about postprandial glucose response and you can see i've been monitoring my glucose response all day on a, yep. on, a, on a i've been doing this for part of my own studies and what we find with sourdough is it keeps you level now the thing with if you go all over the place with your blood sugar then as your blood sugars drop what happens to you adam do you are you cool when you're hungry
1: no what happens as, as anyone who knows me, I'd be miserable and uh, grumpy.
0: You can to angry man, right? Yeah, angry. I, do, I right. do. Okay, your cortisol levels mm-hmm. lift, and as your cortisol levels, stress levels come up. Mm. We know from studies that high levels of cortisol, cortisol, sorry, sorry, we know from studies that high levels of cortisol reduce bifidobacterium. So even I so think... So you're actually
1: being stressed, you are literally damaging your microbiome. You're
0: reducing your your gut's ability to make the chemicals that calm your brain down. Mm-hmm. So there are two things there with sourdough. The first thing, very simply, is that the acidification creates higher levels of resistant starch, as we were talking about, and, and the whole grain kind of slows it all down. You can already... I mean, it fills you up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you keep that. But also... Oh my God, getting your hands in the dough. I mean, it's, you must know this. It's yeah. so magical.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do it as much as possible. I only get a chance to do it once a week. But whenever I do it, it's a very, um, yeah, I just love the whole process from start to finish.
0: So I don't like the term to be mindful or to meditate. I don't meditate. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a practicing Buddhist, but I don't really get much time. I'm a very bad Buddhist, but mm-hmm. I do get time to be in the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: And that action of making the bread, of weighing the flour out, that rhythm of, and rhythm, it is a rhythm. Mm. And it's that connection between your hands, your heart, your mind. And coming away from the science bit, there's this incredible sense of connection to the soil, mm-hmm. the microbes around us, the microbes—we so we 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 have lost this ability to connect, and I think that connection is are, are the microbes,
1: mm.
0: and and there's that direct connection between the soil connecting to the farmer, where you all the all for me the garden picking things from the garden mm. and, and making the diversity in the botanical blends, mm-hmm. your hands where the microbes are actually part of what you're creating, Mm -hmm. the microbial community in your gut and your mind. And if that doesn't tell you that we are intrinsically linked to the biosphere that we are living in, Mm -hmm. if that tells us that we are part of a magical microbial world and that the health and wellness of the planet and the soil and the people and the way in which we feel... Adam, Mm -hmm. about our world is connected to what we eat. Yeah. That'll blow your brains out. (laughs) I I just think we have to just think about the way we feel. Yeah. And that's why the intense interest in the relationship between fermentation and mental health, Mm -hmm. because I think that as our biomes are changing and I see massive huge levels, increased levels of anxiety, Mm. of depression,
2: depression,
0: if our bread, which is wheat, is for some people, especially in the lower economic scale, up to mm. 40% of the calories for the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. This white industrial bread is maybe damaging us socially mm-hmm. on, a, on on the way we feel as, 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 as well as, as physically. physically yeah. And it damages our interaction mm. with each other and our planet. So we have. To, it's more than just bread. It's more than just fermentation. I think who we are is related to to this symbiotic relationship with our gut that we're really only just beginning to understand. Mm -hmm. And we have to go back to uh, look at how we evolved. We didn't evolve, I can assure you, the ancient man. Neolithic man wasn't going out picking just spelt grains. He wasn't going mm, spelt. Yes, mm, even No, no, no. There was this creation where he looked down at his feet and he saw wild oregano. He saw rose hips, wild oats, rye. Mm. I mean, he didn't go around picking one. Oh my God! They ate everything they could possibly yeah, eat. Yeah. Diversity. That's why we don't make our bread with industrial flour, we do use a little bit to prop some of it up. Mm -hmm. You know, I won't say I don't use some. We blend, Mm. but we have botanical blends on our workshops. And we blend, and then you can really start blending accordingly. So you can start looking to blend with carotenoids. Um, uh, You can put high levels of polyphenols in, which are the lovely red colours, and you can start to really create these really crazy, delicious, nurturing breads Mm -hmm. using flour that is not
1: conventional flour. And that's that's that that comes back to So you're almost like fortifying it yourself, but in the most natural way.
0: You're creating diversity and your gut thrives on diversity. That's one of the key things. You want to mm-hmm. gut good gut microbial diversity, good gut microbial health mm-hmm. comes down to diversity. And that is at the, the top end of of all of the research will confirm that.
1: Mm. And I think that is a very good uh, time to end on because <laughs> I also want to go and eat the rest of this bread very noisily and off uh, microphone. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for joining me, Vanessa. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
2: Thank you. So that was the Old Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please review and rate us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our bumper new Christmas issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version. Bye for out and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.